Welcome to the About Sex Podcast, where we discuss... Ponies! No, we're not discussing ponies, Angela. <laughs> well, I really want to. <laughs> my name is Josh, and with me as always is my lovely wife, Angela Skirtu. Tell us who you are, Angela. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an ASEC certified sex therapist. And today our guest is Hector Rivera. Will you tell us your website, Hector? Yeah, hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Thanks for being here. My name is Hector Rivera. I am uh, an executive coach and facilitator. And my website is happyandhealthyover40.com. And uh, what's that all about? Uh, yeah, tell us all about website. you. <laughs> yeah, that's the website and podcast for people over 40 where we discuss health, sex, mindset, and lifestyle, and relationships as we enter our 40s and beyond. And uh, I started this website because I realized that uh, many people uh, feel a great deal of uh, anxiety and shame about themselves as they get older. And I think that it should be the exact opposite. I think you should start really feeling really great about who it is that you are and who it is that you're becoming as we get older. So how old are you? Are you over 40? Are you over 40? Bless your heart. Yeah, I am. So cool. I'm well over 40. You're well over 40. Why do you think people struggle with um, feeling anxious and being shameful when it comes to aging? You know what? That's a great question. And I think uh, there's, a, there's a, a men's answer and there's a woman's answer. Okay. Uh, and and the, the, ma- the male answer has to do with uh, doing Right. And it ha- and what do I mean by doing? I mean, uh, like being able to bring home the bacon and, and yeah. being virile and being able. To- we like bacon. We like bacon and virility. Ooh. Yeah. Or <laughs> virile bacon. Oh, virile bacon, Josh. It's important. So tell us more about this virility. <laughs> so men, it's more about functionality and being able to still feel like you have a purpose in life. Yeah, and it's like having having uh, a dynamic purpose, something that's actually going to get you going in the morning mm-hmm. and have you feeling like uh, you have a purpose in life and that you're heading somewhere and doing something. And a lot of us, a lot of men, what they end up doing instead, and actually women do this, but they do it for different reasons. They reach back into the past and they want to relive their high school football days or something mm-hmm. like that instead of accepting themselves and improving the body that they're in mm-hmm. uh, they want to actually become younger again women the answer is a little bit different because uh, a woman's currency men is more about doing and women it's more about feeling and being and uh, as I work Women with, like uh, to feel a lot. Women yeah. feel so much. It's exhausting. Yeah. They're always having I feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to feel. <laughs> you have too many feelings, Angela. I do. Sorry, go so ahead. So more about the women, please. More about women. <laughs> so what so what ends up happening is is that a woman's a woman's currency, a man's currency is about like his assets, what he's done, his achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a leader of men? Like those are things that, and, you know, sexual power, you know, the ability to penetrate. That's like a, a male's. Yeah. Uh, I hear men like to penetrate often. Yeah. <laughs> Penetration is kind of as important. Often, Penetration. As often as we can, I yeah. guess. Sure, sure. But women, they like to feel more. So what? what is that? What does that mean? That means they want to be <laughs> penetrated, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate josh well it's a podcast about sex it's i know what we, do. we talk about sex so tell us about the female currency <laughs> the female currency has to do with with how she looks and especially uh and especially if, if you're dealing with a particularly uh, physically attractive woman her whole life she's been hearing how pretty she is and, and mm. how beautiful she is and even if she's tired of hearing it and she's exhausted and it it's just like too much for her when she stops hearing it, right? Or where she doesn't hear it as often, women become concerned. And then mm-hmm. uh, I notice that women start to do things like have 
uh, plastic surgery and, and Botox and all kinds of things right. uh, to, to uh, change their physical look and, and mm. are no longer really interested in growing into the body that they're living in. No, they women wanna... always seem to like have this image of themselves from their 20s when mm-hmm. they were at their peak sexually, physically attractive. And I think men do it too. Yeah, and, everybody wants to be sexy. And no matter how old you get, you always kind of see yourself in your head as that's who I am. Well, but the problem is then we don't have visuals of what it could look like to be sexy as you age. You know, like culture and society are kind of p- placing that on us as well by only showing sexuality in those young teens and 20s. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, you can age and be beautiful and handsome. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's what you're here to tell us about, Hector, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would say you're right. That's yeah. a good. That's a good guess. That is, <laughs> is in the entirety of my message. We we tend to uh, instead of. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I had a friend. This this guy was just so. Uh, he was so committed to just being young. Mm-hmm. instead of being healthy and being like embodied in, in his own body and, and taking up some space as a mature man he wanted to be a young guy again and I'd go places with him and, and he'd be dressed up like a like you know a young rapper like a teenage <laughs> rapper this guy and mind you this guy was like 50 something years old he was like he was at the time he was about 10 years older than me yeah. and he'd wear like these baseball caps to the side and, <laughs> and, you know and and fubu t-shirts and baggy shorts and, right and wow. it was a little embarrassing so know? right they're they're kind of dressing like what people in at the time is dressing in their 20s like yeah. you try to dress like the kids and we're trying to say that it's possible to look handsome in your own adult way like grow yeah. up and stuff no way <laughs> but honestly for me the the hat to the side and dressing like a rapper i think even in your 30s that's kind of pushing it <laughs> <laughs> what do you oh, think yeah. <laughs> like really <laughs> well he the thing is is that he you know he didn't have a young face either so it looked like like something out of a a, a disney movie where where the uh, the mad scientist like shoots you with an aging ray, <laughs> and you're you know, and you're a teenager, and now suddenly you're an old man. Yeah, you know, and and that was you know it was kind of a, a thing, and and I always remember that as as him being somebody who was just not comfortable in his own skin, and yeah. I can't think of anything less sexy than being uncomfortable in your own uh, skin. And trying to impress others with uh, like some external uh, idea of of what it is to to be sexy or to be you know virile. So how do you so, how do you find ways to be comfortable in your own skin and feel sexy? For I think your age? everybody could use that lesson. Like how how do you find that? Like yeah. It's well. It, it's taken a lot of work. I mean, if you if you really want to get into it, uh, mm-hmm. I had an injury about uh, a little over ten years ago, about twelve years ago now, and uh, my injury caused me uh, to lose a lot of things in my life. Can I ask okay? what the injury was? Yeah, I had. Oh, and incidentally, uh, my injury my injury was a uh, I broke my foot uh-huh. at work. Sure. And uh, uh, it, it was a bad injury. Foot injuries, like when you break a bone in your foot, believe me, it's it's not fun. They don't, they don't, they never heal quite right. There's always something a little bit wrong with them. Right. And that was my experience. And uh, over the course of three years, I pretty much lost like all of the material stuff in my life, and and my identity changed a great deal. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was no longer like this you know, alpha male, like go get them, you know, uh, uh, building wealth and all this other stuff. And, and it, it all went and dissipated over time. And there was not much that, that, uh, doctors and, and health professionals could do for me. So I set about, uh, trying to like accept myself, uh, a great deal. And incidentally, I, I've been listening to your podcast and, uh, my, my heart, 
really goes out to uh, Richard, the gentleman uh, who who had uh, neuropathy. Yeah. And uh, he had diabetic yeah, neuropathy, and he lost a lot of feeling and sensation in his body. Yeah. Yeah. And he because of that, he wasn't able to get. Uh, erections. erections which yeah. is hard because there are some men that go through that you know like so many men go through little ed problems here and there where their penis just doesn't work the way that it did when they were 20 mm-hmm. in their 20s but there is a, also a group of men that have um, prostate cancer or that have to do some sort of surgery down there and that surgery can really take away any um, feeling any mm-hmm. feeling and any ability to get an erection so it is a difficult thing for many men to face and cope with yeah yeah, and so yeah. You, you see that a little bit too, or like learning to own even when you have a problem. How do you like accept yourself? You know. Yeah, self acceptance is really key to all of this stuff, and and to the ability to see self acceptance. Uh, there, there's a bit a bit of confusion around self acceptance. Self acceptance does not mean that uh, this is how it's going to be forever. It just means that you're accepting where you are at right now in this moment. So it's not it's not giving up. It's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm no. accepting it. No, it's finding a way to function. And cope and with what you've got. Deal with what you have, but find a way to be happy with it, right? Yeah, and, and, and also, and how to change it. Because here's what happened for me. And and this was a this was a, a very dramatic thing uh, in my life because I was going about like I, I got into uh, vipassana meditation I got into uh, a, a practice here on, on the west coast it's spreading it's it's called circling and and that is is circling? a way of yeah circling is is a way of self discovery through the eyes of others and others will ask you questions and they'll tell you how they feel about what it is that they say in a very direct, honest way. Hmm. And, uh, so actually during one of those, uh, meetings where we were doing this, this circling practice, I actually met a gentleman called Mark Sisson. And, uh, during that weekend, it was like a workshop weekend. Uh, during that weekend, uh, my, I, I could hardly walk. Hmm. I mean, I was literally, my foot looked like a, I, I had a grapefruit on the top of my, my left foot. Oh, that it was, yeah, it was very painful. My knees were swollen. Mm. And this guy just came up to me like this. Old, he, was, he was about 10 years older than me. And he was really fit. And uh, uh, at the time, I was very depressed. I was very overweight. And uh, uh, my depression just kept pushing me down, pushing me down. And Mark came up to me. He says, wow, man, why are you walking like that? It's like, you, you, you look like you're in a lot of pain. And he and I had a discussion, and he said, show me, show me the inflammation. He goes, or show me your knee and show me your foot. And I showed him. He goes, that's all information. I said, no, man, the doctor said I need this and an operation. And he goes, well, he goes, yeah, you, he wants to do all that stuff to you because you have a lot of inflammation in your body. And uh, what ended up happening, Mark and his wife, Carrie, Mark and Carrie Sisson, I owe them a great uh, debt. And they really, really helped me to learn and understand that diet is king. When it comes to all of these things, when it comes to when it comes to your mental health, when it comes to your physical health, when it comes to your your, your spiritual uh, vitality, that at at the base of all of that stuff is your diet. Like, what are you what are you putting in, and not just what are you putting into your stomach? What are you putting into your ears? What are put, what are you putting into your eyes? Like, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Is this what where you try see- to convince us to be a vegan? <laughs> Don't yell, I'm not. Sorry. Well, the exact opposite. It, it's it's what's right for you. Okay. There is no yeah. There is no uh, right or wrong across the board. There's only what's right for you. And through uh, working with them, I was able to discover like what was right for me and what makes me feel happy. What what makes me feel vital. And as a result of that, I just felt like I really came out of my shell. And, uh, and I feel so great that I decided that I would help other people with it as well. Yeah. So what was your diet like before the, the switch? Uh, I got to tell you, whatever felt good, whatever made me feel a little less bad yeah. was on the menu. So lots know? of sugar and... 
Lots of sugar and fat. Bacon. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm still a fan of bacon. You know, yeah. you can do the bacon thing, you know, you just can't do it all the time. And, right. And uh, yep. uh, one of the things, one of the biggest things was getting off of the uh, standard American diet, you mm-hmm. know, no longer eating uh, a big old cinnamon roll in the morning with a cup of coffee, as painful as that was, as much as I love cinnamon rolls. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, there was a better way. There was a better way to do things and a better way to function. And then I realized that I actually liked uh, sex more than I liked cinnamon rolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's I a hear, good thing to learn. I hear if you take care of your body, you get to have sex as well yeah. into your eighties and nineties. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and I interview a lot of people on the podcast. I just had a seventy-six-year-old. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. That's awesome. Who's very vital. I mean, he goes surfing with his son. Him and his wife uh, travel the world. And it's all through diet and exercise. It's like he he doesn't do it because he likes the diet and exercise. He just likes the results. Yeah, like I diet and exercise too, and it's not fun to do. It's a lot of work. But it's worth it because you feel better and you have a better life. I will say I like the yoga. We've been doing yoga lately, and it's so nice. Like, it helps my body feel better. So, like, while it's work, I think it's a worthwhile work. Oh, yeah. It's totally worthwhile. And yoga is is one of the most, uh, is like a staple for me in terms of in terms of uh, my physical health and my my mental health as well. Uh, You you can, uh, yoga, oh, number one tip, if you're, just approaching 40 or getting into wherever you are i mean you could be in your 60s uh and you want to get into exercise forget the heavy weights start taking care of your joints Mm -hmm. start Mm -hmm. taking care of your knees your elbows your ankles your back all those things start taking care of the connective tissue and the joints Mm -hmm. and i was going to say also, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not telling Richard what to do or anything like that. I mean, you know, he's he's on his own journey. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, one of the things that I, I had neuropathy, and I still have neuropathy. Yeah. And one of the things that is very important is to keep sugar out of your diet. And uh, I mean, like sugar, sugar, you know, like, like the sugar you put in your coffee, ice cream, those types of sugars. If you're yeah. having fruit, there's, there is, you know, we can get into the whole glycemic uh, uh, index and all that other stuff, but I don't think that's necessary. Right. right but now. like natural it's, sugars, your body takes in differently than refined sugars. Right. And, precisely. and with diabetes, you know, the, the neuropathy and the damage to your cells comes because you have that sugar built up in your blood and you can't take it out, right? Isn't that what happens? Yeah, yeah, you can't take it out. And so what does your body do with it? Your body turns it into fat, yeah. right? And, and, and it damages it, it the costs. cells on the way, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Like, uh, fat is not like we were joking about bacon earlier. Mm-hmm. Bacon is not in itself a bad thing. No. You know, bacon is actually a really good thing. Uh, it's, it's really tasty and, it, and it's nutritious uh, mm-hmm. to a point, you know. Right. Uh, and, Everything and in moderation. Take- Everything in moderation, and as long as you don't add a ton of sugar into your diet, as long as you're not eating donuts and ice cream and, and things of this nature, <laughs> or a lot of people think that if, you know, oh, well, I'm just having some bread, whole grains, that's still glucose, it's yeah. still sugar that you're putting into your body. Mm-hmm. So as long as you stay away from, uh, like, like uh, heavy carbohydrate uh, diet, uh, then you're probably going to end up better off. But again, you have to experiment for yourself to take a look and see what's what's actually going on for you. So I have a question. Um, how do, um, as you get older, do you find you have to modify the ways that you have sex and to have a sexy health life as you're over 40? Hold on yeah. one second, actually. sex as I got older well you know what it's for me personally is not so much about having to modify uh, what it is that I'm doing uh, because I'm everything is working thank goodness uh, pretty well up mm-hmm. until right now 
but it's more about honoring and empowering myself uh, and asking more for what it is that I want. And, and a lot of times, uh, in particular, things like involving kink and what have you, uh, in, in terms of what it is that we want and desire that we've always kind of, we've, we've not honored because we were afraid or I was afraid just to, you know, own it. Uh, I was afraid of, of taking ownership of what it is that I like and what I like to do and, uh, what ultimately what is it I want. So uh, when did you have that switch? You know what? That happened right around, uh, I would say about right around my 50th birthday. Yeah. I, at that point, I realized about four years ago, four and a half years ago, I realized, you know what? Uh, what am I waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> you right. only have so many years to live in this world. You might as well enjoy them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I, I mean, so and that, it really had more to do with my ability to... Uh, to just ask for what it is that I want. And, and, uh, I just read another person I had, I had, uh, Celeste Hirschman from Somatica up in the Bay area, mm-hmm. who is, uh, who is, a, a, a sex therapist and as well, uh, just like you. And, uh, uh, she was on the show and she was talking about sexual empowerment and asking for what it is that you want. And uh, she was actually instrumental. She was another instrumental person uh, in teaching me how to actually go after the things that I want and desire and be completely unapologetic about it. Uh, it's a hard thing to do. It is, but it's definitely worth doing. I think it's important for people to remove shame from sex. You know, what you're talking about there, That's I think that's the biggest thing that keeps people back from right. their, wanting their sex life is they're worried, you know, like, what are people going to think of me? Right. And I, when I'm you like, ask for that, what are they going to yeah, say? Yeah, what are they, they going to say? Are they going to like me? Are they going to not like me? What is me? my mom going to think? <laughs> <laughs> I hope your mom's not around for your sex life. <laughs> that you, we do carry those. No, I know, but we carry those ba- that baggage, anything she might have told you growing up that you worry about. Sure. So yeah. Any, yeah, so anyhow, you, you kind of started to let go of that. You and... let go of that shame and just started asking for what you want. <laughs> Get into yeah, it. Yeah, and incidentally, Mom, shut off this podcast now. <laughs> Stop saying. Why are you listening to my podcast, Mom? <laughs> I know. Well, she, she wants to support me, Mom does. Yeah. But uh, don't support me like this, Mom. It's just creepy. No, <laughs> my mom actually doesn't watch the podcast. She's... <laughs> Like she, I've gotten her to watch a few episodes that weren't about sex. There it was the bread lady episode, but the other one, she's like, I just can't hear my son talk about sex all day. That's it's not gonna happen. We, we're yeah. okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and uh, something, especially, uh, especially when you're dealing with things around uh, kink, mm-hmm. there there tends to be. Uh, I, I had I had another sex therapist on the show. Who, his story was so sad and how and how he was he had built his entire life around uh, being this other person and that involved his sexuality and and uh, the reason why I don't speak specifically about sexuality is because that's all part and parcel of who it is we are. It's so hard to separate that, yeah. and we and we try to compartmentalize that part of our life. Right. And, and this gentleman had had tried to compartmentalize that part of his life and keep it separate. And uh, his wife had found out about his kink, and uh, it, it almost ruined him. And and it took him many years to rebuild. So wherever you're at, I mean, please accept yourself and accept where you're at. And build a community around yourself of people that are accepting of, of you know this version of yourself, because yeah. it's in the long the long and the short of it is as long as you're taking responsibility for who you are and taking responsibility for for uh, your your own actions and your own you know the words that are coming out of your mouth you're not lying to anybody yeah. it's completely harmless and it should be incidental. Well, and to tell you that, like, to go further on that, like, 
I think people are always afraid of what other people think, but you know, it sounds like your message is be your authentic self and you'll draw people into you that are okay with who you are. And maybe it's better to find those people rather than trying to conform to people that just don't accept you for who you naturally are. Right. You want to seek out people who have similar beliefs and morals and and it doesn't mean they can't have different values or beliefs, but they no, have to be deeply accepted. They cannot have different values, Angela. <laughs> Everybody has to conform exactly to what I think. No, they just have to be accepting of you, you crazy. I know. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Well, you know, it, it's, and a lot of times there are people that, I mean, I, uh, I have strong beliefs, but I hang on to them very loosely. Yeah. Okay. And when, when someone, uh, if perhaps someone can educate me further on something, if, I, if I'm somehow uh, enlightened by something you have to say or something that you're doing, I'm all for it, you know. Sure. Uh, but part, uh, the biggest part of that equation is actually uh, listening and mm-hmm. accepting yourself. When you accept, and here's the point, when you accept yourself, Okay, as you are, and you're really cool about it, then actually what people have to say and and how people behave or anything like that is less challenging. Yeah. Well, at least I found that for myself and some of my clients as well. You know, it's like if, if somebody were to tell you that you were uh, uh, a green, a three-headed, green-headed monster, right? They tell and, me that uh, all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would tend not to uh, you would tend not to believe that. You right. Would say, no, that's ridiculous. I'm not. Right. You know. But if there's like if you're something sure of in yourself. there for you where you're feeling somehow, you know, mm-hmm. like you're you're being uh, uh, judged harshly or unfairly, or that's not true. I need to defend myself, and you take that position. Then, well, you know, chances are that things are probably going to hurt a lot more you know so self-acceptance is is key yeah so um in you talk a little bit about taboo of sex after 40 like why do you think there's a taboo of sex as an older person yeah that's a that's a really tough one in terms of uh how society sees us mm-hmm. as we get older and a big part of that and I talk a lot about uh, advertising and media in general and how we're seen uh, most advertising about uh, I think it's somewhere in the realm of 80 to 85 percent of advertising is directed at uh, the ages of 18 to 34 35 year olds mm-hmm. okay and uh, Everything in that demographic is described as vibrant, young, fulfilling, you know, your life is ahead of you, everything is great. As long as you buy our product, as long as you buy a Chevy Camaro or whatever the hell it is that they're selling, right, you can be vibrant too. After that, what are they, you know, when you're 35, 40, 50 years old, 60, 70 years old, what are they, they're trying to sell you Metamucil. Right. You know, they're trying to sell you. <laughs> right? They're buying. They're, they're they're selling you Viagra, and they and then they show the 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 guy, you know, the Viagra guy, and he's like, "Hey, hip guy playing, you know, with a little bit of white hair, playing the saxophone in his garage band." Oh yeah, night, Josh you know? does that all the time. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Josh, oh, put Josh. your saxophone down. Already. How dare you? <laughs> you were not supposed to ever tell anybody about my secret saxophone life. <laughs> He's secretly a jazz player. I am a sax oh, addict. Josh, Let's start a band. <laughs> I'm a secret sax addict. <laughs> oh, I broke I Angela. He broke me. Every now and then he breaks me with the joke. That was a good one, so, Josh. You, you think a lot of the taboo of older people having sex has to do more with how just society sees the older generations? Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't matter which generation. I mean, our parents were treated the same way. I mean, and think about it. And, and think about how we treat people as they get older. Think about grandpa, okay? Mm-hmm. Or dad. 
dad is the least important person in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think dad wants to hear that. <laughs> Poor dad. <laughs> Poor dad. Hey, I'm a dad. How dare right, you? Do you feel that way, Josh? <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> That's because I am the only guy, and there's two women That's in the house. That's true. So. All right, continue. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I, I feel like a lot of people's taboo or, like, not acceptance of somebody older having sex has a lot to do with the fact that they're your parents' age. Like, the reality is, like, I don't see my parents as sexual creatures because I think that's what we're all kind of raised on is, like, the parents yeah. keep their sex life from their kids. And they don't share it at all. They don't see that at all. And I think that's kind of what I've always seen of that older generation is they're not sexual. But the reality is they are. They just hide it from us. So I, I think that's part of why I don't see that older generation as something sexual. But I also don't see the younger ones as sexual. And I think that's kind of normal. I like, don't know. <laughs> like for me not to find younger people super attractive. I mean... They're teenagers. No, they're babies. Well, like, maybe it's in how you're defining it, though, even Josh. Even 20-year-olds. So, like, you're I think you're thinking about, like, who you find attractive versus who's sexual. I see, like, a person being sexual is just if you're interested in sex. And I can see anyone from age 0 to 100 being interested in sure, sex. Sure. I understand but, like, that they I'm are. I'm only attracted to people about 10 years to 10 years up and down. But in my brain, <laughs> if Unless I Unless it's a really hot old guy. But I think for me, like, if, if somebody's, like, 30, 40 years different in age from me, I just don't see them as sexual beings and it's not necessarily that they aren't i know they are i 100 percent know they are it's just it's not they're not a sexual being to me because i'm i'm younger and i've always seen my parents as not being sexual what are your thoughts on this hector well i, I that's interesting what josh is saying because that's it has to do with self-interest mm -hmm. and uh, uh i get it and, uh, yeah, I'm not interested in, you know, a 15 year old, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not wired that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're nowhere, you know, there's, I can't relate to them. They're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're babies. You know, and by the <laughs> Kids same these day, I cannot relate to as much to a 75 year old right. in a sexual way. Mm -hmm. But uh, one thing I will say is, is that <clears throat> regarding regarding uh, sexuality uh, as we get older some people are actually quite comfortable becoming more asexual mm -hmm. and and uh, what they require more and I've, I've worked with some people uh, and what they require more is is just more touch and more sensual touch mm -hmm. more effective. as opposed to sexual touch. Hmm. And, uh, and that can cause a lot of shame as well. Why? Especially for men. Why would that cause shame? Well, because men are considered, like, again, the whole penetrative aspect okay. to, to sex, especially as we're, as, you know, when we're younger, you mm -hmm. know, like you're expected to Stick it bring in. home the bacon, as we were saying yeah. earlier. Some very hard you know? bacon. Very, very, very <laughs> firm very bacon. Very firm bacon. <laughs> the firmest of bacon. <laughs> I'll give you some breakfast sausage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Dean's got a package for you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you bring it home to Longaniza, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're not going to, not everybody uh, ages, we don't all age the same way. Some, mm -hmm. some men are are still very much into penetrative sex. Some men are not. Some men are having erectile dysfunction and are still into penetrative sex. It's a very complex issue, mm -hmm. but really it, it, when you're dealing with something as, you know, as, as important as your own empowerment, you're also dealing with something called responsibility, okay? And uh, uh, you have to take personal responsibility for what's happening in your life. If you want to get to some place, if you're unsatisfied and unhappy right. with something that's happening, uh, you have to take personal responsibility for it. And there's no time like the present, you know. So what uh, you're saying is, it, what you're saying is, it's okay for a man to want to cuddle and be affectionate and hold you, and oh, yeah. you need to own that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love to cuddle. I'm a big fan. <laughs> me too, Josh. <laughs> well, I know you do. You're always wanting to cuddle. I'm always like, cuddle me, Josh. Cuddle. I'll allow it. 
That's awesome because, I mean, we all, and it's different for everyone. I'm a big cuddler as well, you know. I, I, I just want to, sometimes I just want to hold you, you know, yeah. and hold you in my arms and, and, uh, and not have it go any place other than that, unless it's something that we're called upon, we feel called upon to, to escalate. Right. But uh, uh, th- th- there is a lot of shame around things like this. As ironic as it seems, mm-hmm. uh, there is shame around things like, like being uh, less sexual as we get older. So that, and that that's... is also part of our sexuality. That's that's so weird to me. Like to me, that's love. Like that's love. You're giving love to somebody in a non-sexual way, and I don't think anybody should have shame about that at all. Well, and like, let's be fair. You know, like I think as a culture, we need to allow men to experience more. Like I, I feel like we kind of pigeonhole men in society. So it's mm-hmm. like you're allowed to be sexual, you're allowed to be angry, and you're allowed to be calm, and that's about it. You can drink beer <laughs> and football and dr- like cars. Yeah, and like that's it. and men have a wide variety of emotions and needs, just like women. But because they've been socialized to not um, like like they're called pussies, for example, or they're mm-hmm. called actually you're shamed from childhood for being anything other than those three things. Right. <laughs> so I completely understand where the shame's generally, coming from. Generally, the ones who are saying it are the most insecure about it. They all. are. Yeah. So <laughs> I've learned to just let it roll off my shoulder. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my masculinity. I'm okay with it's it. It's a very hot masculinity. Josh. Oh, it's super hot. <laughs> I'm very firm. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is I know he's doing a lot of dick jokes today. It's funny. That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know something, and uh, I noticed something because I, uh, when I first got injured, uh, I got into men's work and men's groups, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I was very unsatisfied with what was available to me in terms of men's work. There were there was either uh, like the the typical men's group, which was all heart. You know, like feeling into emotion and and sharing emotions with one another, mm-hmm. uh, which is great for some people. Sure. And then there's like the old dick, you know, like penetrative. You know. <laughs> yeah, the they're, Wait, are they they're pirates, right? We're talking yeah. about pirates. There's a pirate group. Well, pirates would fit very well into this other group, which is which is like this this alpha male type right. of um, men's group. They're very raping I, and pillaging kind of people, you know. What? Yeah, like you know, pirates. essentially, like like bringing us back to a different time, a different place. Well, neither one of those were were satisfying for me because uh, the first group, the 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 feelers, were uh, was something that I felt. I didn't particularly need. I felt like I was making uh, friends with that part of myself. And the other aspect had absolutely no value for me because I was raised around guys like that, you know, and and I know what that's all about. And these guys, they were kind of playing at being like big tough guys and everything like that. I was raised (laughs) by big tough guys. And and these guys had nothing on on my, my uncles and my dad. So it, it was just boring for me. So I started my own men's group, and uh, uh, which was a balance of both, where where you know there there was the ability to to be penetrative, to be strong, to be powerful, but at the same time to feel into that and right. what's really going on for you when you do these things. So uh, and I did that for three years. So you can uh, have your was, you can have your masculinity, but you can still have emotions. It's okay to feel emotions. But you don't have to Absolutely. just be 100% masculine or 100% emotional. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. It, and it's a caricature of, of what, uh, you know, a man should be. It's like that old school version of what a man was, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right. Old school version of a caricature of what a man was to this new age character of what a man is. is and it's like this touchy-feely guy, you know, who... Mm-hmm. who respects women above all else but there's no balls behind it <laughs> <laughs> you know that actually reminds me of uh fight club actually they had a men's group in there that I was think... fighting or... no 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 so they have the fight club but he also would go to like self-help groups yeah and one of the groups he went to was a, a masculine men's group who had mm-hmm. testosterone problems i think it was and it was very much like 
sounded what he was talking about. A lot of emotional and hugging. Yeah. And I think that movie actually did a good job of showing the extremes. Yeah, where you have the men who are beating each other in the face with fists, and then they're also in another setting, hugging each other. Crying in each other's crying. arms. Yeah. Well, but the reality is most people don't want to be either of those extremes. Well, and I think I think in society we feel this, this duality like that. Like you can either be one or the other. Women have a similar thing with our sexuality. We can either yeah. be Madonna or the whore. You're either this vestal oh. virgin or you're a or slut. You're slut. Yeah. And like maybe it's happening on both sides. But if sides. you have to choose one... Well, I'm no. going for the slut. What we need is <laughs> we need is a variety of sure. of different role models that you can you don't have to be all of one anything. <laughs> right, right, and yeah, mo most women are not. Nobody's 100 percent a virgin unless they're a virgin. But well, that's but when their they feel thing. like they have to fall in that category, right. then they even when they're married, they'll sometimes struggle to have sex. Or they just hide their sexuality from everybody. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, to to that point. Uh, I love Madonna, and I love the fact that she's a whore. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think she, she meant the other Madonna, but yeah, like a virgin. So yeah, there you have it. Oh, so uh, she's yeah. totally religious then too. <laughs> oh yeah, Madonna's a big religious person. I think she's Catholic. Well, she was Catholic, well, but she has that Catholic schoolgirl syndrome going on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is is she into Kabbalah now? Like, yeah. the, the nah, I don't know. I think that was. A while back. I don't know if she still is. That was a while back. Who knows what she's into. Uh, what, I don't follow her that point, much. Uh, on, the, on the men's group thing, uh, while, while I was facilitating, I, I facilitated that men's group for three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that men's group, uh, we had uh, information architects, engineers, uh, medical students, uh, had a VP of, of uh, uh, entertainment services. I mean, it was a group of very successful men. Mm -hmm. While I was facilitating that group, I was also volunteering at a uh, at a, a lockdown facility for for boys. It, it was uh, the you know kids that got themselves uh, first and second time offenders got themselves into a bit of trouble mm -hmm. and I was volunteering there and I was facilitating a group there a, a, a men's circle there as well these kids had nothing and you want to know something hmm. the problems were exactly the same yeah hmm. you know and let that sink in for a second these these guys uh, they, it, it was all the same things uh, who am I, right? Uh, where do I stand? Uh, uh, am I am I going to be successful? Am, am I being loved the right way, quote unquote? Right. right? Uh, all of these things are things that that pop up for men. Uh, working with women, the the issues are somewhat different on the surface, but ultimately. What it comes down to is, is we want to we want to matter, mm -hmm. and we want to be loved. Right, Every, that's everybody, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Nah. It's a universal. If you, if you break it right down, you know, like that's really what it what it's about. And I and I learned all these things uh, just in my own little Fight Club journey. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I just want to be I, loved. Is that so wrong? No, it's not. <laughs> I'll love you. No, it's totally true, though. And, like, going back to something we were talking about before with that authentic self, you have to fully love yourself in order to fully love others. Mm -hmm. I think when people have insecurities they're still struggling with, and that doesn't mean people don't have insecurity. I'm not saying everybody has to be a perfect human. But the more Nobody insecurities yeah. that you're struggling with and the more that you're not accepting of yourself, the harder it is to actually accept somebody who's different from you. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Precisely. I mean, all those insecurities come from is people who don't feel loved and they don't feel at a good place in their life and they're struggling with it. And a lot of times with men, you actually see it come out in anger. Yeah. You get a very angry man. Generally, they are very, they feel out of They're actually really place. anxious They're, and they're sad really scared. Or rejected. Or rejected, Those yeah. are the three taps in my office. But men, we just show it through anger. So we'll punch a hole in the wall instead of yeah. saying, or I... Or you'll start a fight. Or instead of saying, I need a hug, we'll just set the house on fire. <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite that big, but some people. <laughs> he set the house on fire when he really just needed a hug. Yep. <laughs> hug awareness well, week. <laughs> don't forget to give a hug all right uh, well, yeah, and 
sometimes you know what when you're when you're in a position like that when you're when you're in that I, I mean that is a very vulnerable spot to be in where where you're you're caught between your needs like what it is you want like I need a hug and what everybody else is thinking and that's where that's where things like community can really come in uh, very handy because you can learn from other people's experiences. Yeah. You know, you can learn a great deal from from listening to somebody else and how they handle that situation and their ability to uh, to to ask for what it is that they want, despite the fact that somebody else may not uh, be accepting of that. And uh, when you're I. I I'm no longer a facilitator of, of that men's circle, but I always have uh, other men in my life, you know, like I always have my pals, my buddies. Uh, I got my car buddies. I got, uh, I have my martial arts buddies and I, I have like even, uh, well, just an expanded community, uh, the yoga community that I'm involved with as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that, that involves men and women and also the martial arts is men and women as well. So it's like having these things and not isolating yourself as you get older is also important because who knows? I mean, you may meet the woman of your dreams, you know, at, at some place uh, when you're involved in something that, that you really enjoy. Uh, I have had several clients that are uh, mid-40s, both, both men uh, mid-40s, in the midst of a divorce and how terrifying that can be and how lonesome you can feel. Yeah. I mean, how do, you, how do you feel about that, Angela? I'm sure you had you know, people in that situation as well. Well, it's just so common. Everybody ends up um, at that. Like, I know not everybody, but like it's such a high percentage. Actually, 60 to 80 percent of people uh, cheat on each other at some point, which is the newer statistic since, you know, I have my book about infidelity, but like the, the statistic has gone up. And so, of course, a lot of people are going through divorce and trying to figure out what they want. A lot of times they're divorcing because they were in sexless marriages and they were very unhappy. So when they're getting divorced, though, like. What he's asking is like at that point where they're kind of off on their own. I think I'll, I think in general men love to isolate themselves. I don't think they well, it's like not it. Not a good choice. But, but I think that it's a common he, thing. To he's do. asking is that something that happens commonly with divorces? The men after it will isolate themselves. Well, I mean sometimes, but I guess I've I've been seeing people do more dating around on you know, and it may just be it may just be who I'm meeting. Mm -hmm. Although I will say one thing that's different. You know, like he is right that men and women need to find communities. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I think they're just trying to go on Tinder and like meet somebody that way. But like mm -hmm. it's a lot better to get involved in a big community. So you regularly have right. people because what it does is it creates more depression when you'll break up with somebody right. or if a date so doesn't you should, work out. You should also have people that you're, commu that yeah. you're community with that you're not banging. Yeah, like... Yeah, you, everybody needs community, and you, you don't friends. have to like. And the hard thing is, is not everybody's religious. So for mm -hmm. religious people, sometimes they'll find it. You in have a built-in community with your. But church. for non-religious right. people, then it's find a hobby, find something like martial arts or a, a sport or something where Yoga. you're around people, yep. so that you can still feel that sense of community because everybody needs to feel it. Um, mm -hmm. But I do notice that men tend to isolate in general. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but that's one. That's one of our mo's. We're going to. Uh, I think that's a primal thing. I think we go into man cave and, and try to lick our wounds and, yeah. and, and figure it out. You know, we're going to figure it out and then we're going to come out stronger. And that's the, the idea. But what ends up happening is, is that you go deeper and deeper into your shell and you start isolating more. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of sexuality, if, if somebody is, is uh, looking <clears throat> to get into like expanding and expressing themselves, more sexually, especially as you get older, because again, what the hell are you waiting for? You know, uh, may as well take <laughs> it on now. Yep. Uh, there, there are like a number of groups to meet up and whatnot uh, popping up uh, all over the country, probably all over the world, like uh, sex positive groups. Yep. Uh, that yeah, there, there's like, and I just joined one recently just to give a plug to this group, Sex Positive LA, which I thought is an awesome group. And not because, and there were people uh, when I did the orientation. There were people there for any number of reasons. I was just there because it just sounded like a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a group like that here in St. Louis called Sex Positive St. Louis. I'm really yeah. proud of those movements because they're really trying to give people a space to be themselves. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you have the ability and you can meet like-minded people and, and just have a good time and, and, and learn about stuff and, and, you know, and maybe, and maybe meet somebody that has, is, is like kind of aligned along the same uh, mental uh, strata, you know, as, as yourself in terms of what it is you like and, and what turns you on and, and what have you and help you to explore some of that stuff, you know. There, there's there's also uh, if, you know in the king community there's like the internet's a wonderful thing yeah <laughs> you know you can find pretty much any anything that's out there I mean you can find somebody else's into what it is that you're into so you're not alone yeah the internet definitely does give you a lot more opportunities to meet people mm-hmm. who are a lot more like you like you can find specifically people who are in they want exactly like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but only done blindfolded. You With know. a foot fetish. With a foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find that on the internet. That group exists. And before, you couldn't. It was a lot harder for You're friends groups to find each other. <laughs> we um, can't recreate I'm a new something. kink. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely kicking involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Hector, are there any final things you want to share? We're going to kind of wrap it up here, but are there final things you would want um, our listeners to know about aging and sex and being healthy? Being happy and healthy over 40. How do you do it? (laughs) Well, uh, last thing, again, uh, happyandhealthyover40.com, sorry, happyandhealthyover40.com forward slash podcasts if you want to check out some of the podcasts. that I have going on there got a ton of information on uh, uh, sexual empowerment. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, better communication with your with your partner. Uh, dating after forty, getting a woman's attention after forty, cannabis and sexual pleasure. There's a ton of stuff on there you can check out. Uh, come on over. Uh, drop me drop me a line. Anything you'd like to hear on the show. Or any questions you have in terms of uh, stay, being healthier uh, and and keeping your mind and and your your soul in a healthy body, especially as you get older, uh, contact me. I love what I do. Uh, I want to be doing this for the rest of my life. Sounds great. And um, I'm Angela Skirtu, and um, you can find me at www.therapistinstlouis.com. And uh, recently I had a book come out called Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity. You can find that on Amazon. And be sh- this has been the About Sex Podcast. We've been talking with Hector Rivera. Be sure to add us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, and send us your questions to aboutsexpodcast at gmail.com. We may just answer them. Uh, I'm Joshua Skirtu. And I'm Angela Skirtu. Stay Stay kinky, kinky, St. Louis. Bye. Bye.